Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. So, AI, mm. artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah, I've got I've got a whole bunch of articles and information I've been trying to read and understand and trying to determine what the benefits are going to be and what the negatives are going to be. And I want to I want to have an open discussion. Of course, we're not the definitive answer. We're not technicians from that standpoint. Well, maybe and maybe nobody is, right? Yeah. And, and how many of these articles were written by AI about AI? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I don't know. think so. Yeah. For that, but right to say you know, we're we're all kind of discovering this together. And we, of course, like you said, are not technical ex- experts in this realm. But it is interesting how much content is coming out of what AI might do to impact. Yeah, and I think that because technology is moving so quickly. Yeah there are concerns that it's going to get ahead of control. Now, again, most reasonable minds don't believe that we're going to have some robotic control of our life, right? Um, But there is intrusion into our life in order to provide the information that hopefully will benefit us individually as well as society. But the whole aspect of AI is going to be transformative Mm -hmm. And mostly in, uh, let's talk about the negatives. It's going to change job impact. It's going to change a lot. And I think there's a, I don't say an elephant in the room, but there is a sentiment, just like you were saying, of um, you know, Elon Musk and a few others kind of signed an open letter you know, a right. year or two, however many years ago, of just saying, hey, this is an existential threat. Like this could wipe out humanity as we know it. And you know, it goes on and on. And I think the other part that I, I guess, relate to is there are so many movies out there. <laughs> start with helpful robots and good technology and good world systems that look utopian and then very quickly in that movie they turn dystopian and the whole world is falling apart and it's the robots to blame or it's the the technology systems some mad scientists in the back room is controlling yeah. everything right? yeah and yeah. and and we we have that in our our psyche as a culture because there's been one people who make some real predictions say hey this this could lean it a, a, a this could head in a unhelpful way but also so many creative minds have made so many good movies over the years that look a lot like what we're living. And you go from things like the Jetsons to say, hey, won't this be great? Won't this be wonderful? To was that one with Will Smith, iRobot, where the robots take over and, and so many other movies. Yeah, that, I mean, will this be the Titanic where we don't see the iceberg and all humanity is struck and we are going down yeah. for, for doom? Well, Or, or, or is this the start of finding sonar and radar yeah. and we can navigate around all the things that can that's, be very devastating, right? That's a good one, right? Yeah, that one analogy of, you know, is this, we're doomed or is this this thing that'll save us? Right. I mean, it's both. And you know, we, I think and the age groups, but most everyone's seen the Terminator movies, you know, starts right. off with great robots and all of a sudden, oh, yeah. Uh, so I, that's part of, I think, the backdrop that we're speaking into is, is there is a concern amongst people, either valid or invalid, of that this is going to lead someplace we don't want to be. And I, I think part of it also is, is the uh, feeling that we're on the brink of destruction. I think that's permeated our society at the moment. Well, I th- and I think, and I think our mindset is historically, there have been moments where 
you know, the discovery of nuclear power yeah. and the, the absolute destruction of two major cities in Japan by a, a nuclear bomb. Yeah. And all of a sudden, mankind, humanity looked at that and went, uh, this is this is this is devastating. Yeah. This could be really, really bad. When we especially just being in America, we've had decades and decades of growth, prosperity, benefit to society. There's been wars absolutely across the whole world, you know, and those continue even to this day. But since, say, the World War or, or things like that, where right. these massive were on the brink of destruction, we've had a, a period of um, uh, prosperity and growth and goodness. And I think people see this as, will this be the thing? Will this be the end of yeah, it? Yeah, that, that breaks it, that the other shoe drops, we go back into a world war. And the people that have you know actual memories, physical memories of world war living or you know refugees coming from right. world-torn countries, you know, they have actual memories of the world falling apart. Whereas the majority, I would say, of Americans currently you know, who don't have those backgrounds don't have active memories of the world falling apart and so there's i think this anxiety that builds up of what if everything we have just falls apart so so as you look at ai i mean we'll, we'll shift at the second we've part. read a lot i mean i just want to make sure that you're aware we have spent and again we are not the definitive answer or the full knowledge on what ai is or what it will potentially do we're trying to get kind of caught up too but I think I think what's really important is that AI has been around for a long time. Yeah. I mean, when you text something and your phone completes your sentence, fills in, so to speak. Well, that is AI in a very rudimentary way. Yeah, voice recognition. Right. Uh, one of the articles we talked about was that we as civilians, you know, non-military, non-confidential scientist <laughs> areas, are seeing AI through Chat GBT and some of these right. other ones that are coming out. We're now exposed to it in a really real way, and we're getting to play with it and engage with it. But just like you said, we've been using AI. AI has been artificial intelligence. I mean, in essence, it's an algorithm. And algorithms have existed for you know decades. That have, they've been in, in the Yeah, it's going back things. to the early 80s. I mean, this is this has been around for, for quite a while. It's just that we're, we're seeing exponential growth. Yep. And it happens like the internet. We have this explosion and everything kind of um, the experimentation. But there was just this mass explosion of use of it. And most of us, we historically, we don't. It's hard for us to go back even 10 or 20 years mm. and remember what our life was without the conveniences of technology that we have now. Yeah. And so the unknown is scary. Yeah, that's right. But you think like pre-internet living, right? You know, people who lived, I mean, which most everyone these days, you know, had some memory before, um, I mean, you know, everyone 40 and above, I guess I'd say, had some memory of existing before the internet, uh, before that was part of their lives. And now it's just a, a very regular part of the connectivity of devices, internet. And there'll be people who going forward will not remember you know, what it's like to be before we had artificial intelligence, you know, right. figuring things out for us. Um, so some, some of the scary aspects that we think of is, I think, the dystopian future, you know, that, that the world's going to be taken over. I think a, a little closer to home and a little you know, sooner. Yeah, it, and, is and the, and the end of the world is not really the conversation. Yeah, we're going to have ra today. rational conversation, yeah. I think, that. People kind of has. I mean, I still saw the Terminator movie, so it's still in the back of my head. But <laughs> I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, though. <laughs> but but I do. But I do think the in the, in the closer uh, timeline is the change in jobs. I mean, we're already seeing it, and I think especially coming out of COVID, there's a number of industries and jobs who are one desperate for workers, but two, they're being innovative. They're saying, "What can I use here?" I talked to a, a friend of mine who's a business owner, and he just made a comment of saying, "I'm not. I'm not the best at writing emails, um, and I've run a number of them through ChatGPT." Just said, hey, write me an email that says this. And he'll grab it, he'll copy and paste it, and then he'll edit it. He's like, it was better than I would have written it. It made me sound great. And I ran it through another colleague 
at his office and just said, did that sound fake? Did it sound really? He's like, it sounded great. I was surprised <laughs> you could write so much. Yeah, somewhat joking, somewhat half hardly, but to, to say, you know, looking forward, do a, do you need an office assistant to do the same way? Do you need um, a scheduling? So, so somebody who is, I mean, again, I, I know, you know, I know a lot of executives who go back 30 years, they had a secretary. My wife actually learned shorthand when she was in college. Mm. And actually, you know, in high school, and she used shorthand. Well, shorthand is is unless you're in a firm where somebody the secretary is in their 70s, mm. shorthand is is kind of kind of a lost art. Yeah. And the executives are typing a lot of their own memos. They're they're not using a secretary in the way that they were used, let's say, back in the 60s. Yeah. Well, it's interesting even to think in the 80s and 90s, uh, the law firm I worked at, everyone had at their desks uh, these little recorders, and right. then they would have people who would transcribe that for you. Um, well, now it's it's funny that we might get back to, you know, from speaking it, and someone else would do the work for you. Then uh, attorneys took over their own emails, they'd write all their own things. But now there's a lot of speech recognition software where you can simply you say, know, it. say and it'll record your words and I think what we're coming to with with chat GPT and, and these language based models is that you could not just, you know, it could, it's not just transcribing what you're saying. You could actually just tell it, you know, write an email to this person telling them this and right. it will write the whole email for you with a normal intro and a normal outro. Um, one, one of the things that we'll talk about it's a in the, the good sides, but it was some of the articles talked about kind of leapfrogging some of these technologies because these language based models. So an older worker, well, even I guess a younger worker myself. I never learned to code. Like I right. can't code a computer system. That's not something I ever learned to do. And on in some views, as a kid growing up, that would have been a really good skill set right. because that would be really needed to interact mm -hmm. with computers in that way. However, with these language learning programs, it's going to leapfrog that I'm probably never going to need to code. My kids may never need to code. I think it's still a useful thing for them to learn, but they may not need it because the the, the language based program you'll just tell the computer, you know, write me a code that makes this duck bounce up and down. You know, and it will do it for you versus right. having to know the lines of code. So there's a number of, you know, talk about workers and things that, that can jump over learning some of these technologies because they just instruct the computer and the computer is then able to carry out these tasks, which is, you know, phenomenal, right? It, it feels kind of like a Jetson. Well, again, I, and I think a lot of people have fear because they don't know what's behind it. They don't mm. know what creates that. And the mind goes to more nefarious sure. thinking. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't think, I don't think you can go 100% there. I think you have to be, aware yeah but i think there's enough information out there that indicates okay this is how this works yeah you know well there's even some of these ai models i know that they were training they would they trained them on um internet uh chatter people talking you know it's going through i, I remember there's an article it was a few years ago but it was talking about how one of them became um just a horrible robot <laughs> like it was just saying very rude um, right uh, inappropriate things and it had been trained on forums that people were apparently talking like that. And it was, it was an interesting dynamic that it, it felt like this AI model was skewing to, you know, if that's someone writing your business email and all of a sudden it says, you know, right. you know writes out something that's inappropriate, it, you know, what is the result going to be? And, and I think in the, the near term, there's a lot of editing that's still going to happen. You know, AI may be useful, but it's still going to run through a human. Um, to yeah, so edited. I mean, the fear is that will AI make you look so much better than you really are mm -hmm. that it becomes a false representation but on the other side, will it make you look so much worse than what you really yeah. are? And that becomes a false representation. Yeah. So the, the question is, is how do you have a reality when you when you're engaging with somebody through AI? Right. Yeah. What 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 is it you? And I think okay. I think some people feel like your personality is going to be 
pushed aside and AI is going to take over yeah. the forefront. It could, yeah, uh, everything becomes generic. And I wonder how much we talked about last week, how baby boomers as they're retiring are looking for these unique experiences, right? right. About different retirement communities. Um, and I wonder if that'll be similar. Like if you get a, a generic email from someone, it's probably, AI. I'm not even interested. You know, if you're looking for the unique item and, and how do you keep up with uniqueness? One item that was, you know, just on the scary side of all this is scams. You know, a lot of times right. you'll get a scam email and there's typos. It's not, you know, really worded the way somebody really would. Well, if they took that email, that same scammer and ran it through AI and said, write me an email to this person who I'm going to try and scam and make it sound like this, uh, it, it could do it, right? I mean, that that's a, a nefarious reason that it, so th- these, these internet scams we already have, I think they're going to get harder. You know, when you get emails from accounting telling you to, hey, put in this or oh, you need to reset your password, do this. If they're working with AI, that, that becomes a scary and a, a much more broad scale. So right. that, that's a scary version of, of people using it for bad purposes. I think there's the other fear that we we're talking about earlier is AI in and of itself just leading society in a, a really harmful and detrimental way. Yeah, and I think that as this continues to go forward, I think we're going to see changes in jobs and what are the skill sets of those jobs. And it's something that I have endorsed for a long time is that people just need to continue to learn. And I think this is going to be the encouragement. You're not just going to fill a task and do it. Without without learning, you're not going to grow in that. And every job that I know of that has any kind of professional or semi-professional aspect to it requires continual learning. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to continue to grow in it. I see this as a tool. I don't see this as a threat. Mm-hmm. And uh, could it be a threat? Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I don't want to be I don't want to be so chicken little mm. that the sky is falling and read what I consider the worst possible outcome. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to be realistic and see that it has a positive impact. But for me and where I'm at right now in my own age, um, it's it's a learning process. And that learning process takes time. Yeah. It, it's going to be a little bit frustrating. So, yeah, I mean, well, like you said, what, what a human's role is in that of what we need to do to, to correctly utilize and benefit ourselves with AI. Right, right. We're going to take a quick break, but come on back. We'll talk about some of the benefits that AI is already starting to present and maybe presenting in the near future. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. We are continuing our conversation about artificial intelligence. I always like to tell people the first word here is artificial. So therefore, it's made up by humans. And the question is, people, is that a fearful thing or is that a beneficial thing? I think the issue is, is that when it comes to this, the change is so rapid that a lot of people just cannot keep up. Uh, I know that when when I get a new software update on my computer or on my phone, 
it drives me crazy because I haven't even learned how to manage the one that happened before, right? Mm. So in this in this whole discussion on artificial intelligence, we want to talk about the the things that we see that potentially are going to have a phenomenal impact yeah. upon society going forward. Yeah, some of, the, some of these outcomes. So we can start with start with one is job structures, right? You know, right now whatever hierarchy a business has, there's usually some some leaders, there's usually some managers, and there's usually some task performers. And one of the articles that, that we've read talking about, you know, this will probably become a lot more flat um, in the sense you won't have you know managers over these people, you know, of a, a personal thing, but rather to say, okay, we can have one professional who's um, running a number of tasks and able to uh, do them all themselves because of AI. An example of this, it's not AI, but it's, it's a step earlier. I have a, a, a colleague who's an attorney up in the Bay Area, and years ago, they had a hard time competing in lawsuits against large, large law firms because it was just them as a solo practitioner. They needed an army of associates to read through the books and find the case law. And so law, the practice of law used to be, you need a bunch of attorneys and you need a, a big lot, library. A lot of people, right? Yeah. And then the internet came out or just the online resources. He could do all his own case research as one attorney and be as fully prepared as an army of attorneys from a big law firm. Well, now we're seeing the next level of rather than that one attorney having to do its own research on the cases, um, there's a the legal industry is doing a lot with you know case law research as well as discovery. Like when you get you know a thousand documents from some other party to be able to go through them very quickly, and, and AI is assisting both those. So you have not just one attorney and a number of associates, but really just one attorney and maybe a paralegal who's helping run the technology to really move this forward. So it's a world in which instead of having you know a lead attorney, some managing attorneys, and then an army of associate attorneys you might have had 30 years ago, now you might have one trial attorney and some support teams and using technology to do everything else. That might have yeah, been and the question is, is will the judge or the jury take that as appropriate evidence? And will they be convinced by the by the AI research versus the oh, yeah. the other research that's being done. Yeah, and I mean screen guys, uh, screen screenwriters screen guild uh, went on strike because they're very concerned about AI replacing them, right? And for good reason, because yeah. can somebody just put in a concept and AI creates a script? Yeah, and the, and the question I think comes back to is what pieces now, what pieces in the future? So, example being, there's video games. And a lot of times the characters, the non-main characters will talk, they'll chatter, there's stuff on the radio, you know, radio right. in the video game. And there's an article saying a lot of these, these game companies are using AI to now create that chatter. It's background part of the game. It's, it adds value to the game, but it used to take a lot of time to program all that. Whereas now they're saying some of these ancillary pieces are just being programmed through AI and they're allowing that to take care of it. And it, it's, it's interesting that it's making the existing people more useful, but at some point we'll will all those people be out of jobs and it's just AI creating it? I, right. I don't know how far that goes, but flat hierarchy is it one piece. The other one that was is interesting, this maybe is a negative, is negotiating. Um, there's some studies that are saying when people negotiate face-to-face, -face, there's ethics, there's empathy, there, there's things that allow us to build trust. So if I come to you and I say, I'd like to change my job, I'd like to have a salary increase, I would yep. like to have my, my work environment, this, whatever, and you as an employer say, well, there's some costs here and there's some issues that I need to discuss with you. And you're saying, how would that work, yeah, right? And you can negotiate that. But right. they're saying with AI at, at times, um, when people are negotiating not face-to-face, -face, not with each other, but through um, intermediaries, they're much more inclined to be uh, unethical or right. more aggressive or things like that. And so you may have a breakdown in that instance of two business owners trying to reach a deal 
and they're using AI to write their emails back and forth. Yeah. And, and they're never able to get you because they never develop an empathy or a trust. Because ultimately, a lot of these contracts and things, you have to trust the other person. And if you can't develop that, so that could be a negative. But one side, it makes emailing easier, right? On the other side, you may be actually putting a barrier um, in front of that. The part that I liked was really interesting. It was saying, is this better for older workers or younger workers? Higher skill, wow. lower skill. It's yeah, it goes right into my age group, yeah. right? It went to it went to both. It was really interesting. It was saying there's a number of older workers who will be able to continue working. They'll use their mindset, they use their skills, the skills that they've developed, and they just add AI onto it. And they don't they can just tell the computer, you know, look up this type of research and find this study for me. And it, you know, feels like something out of Star Trek or something. Uh, but then they're also saying younger workers may be more quick to adapt to this. And they say, which is better, which will impact more. Uh, you know, the, the articles we were reading, was, it kind of came up with a toss-up, like it, it will impact everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, older workers, if they refuse to learn or refuse to engage with it, will struggle. You know, I, I think that's a... Yeah, and, and I think I think a lot of this has to do with what kind of education you have, too. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're educated in an environment where you're just a outcome-based uh, education, you're being trained to do a certain kind of job mm-hmm. task, and that's what you do. Whereas if you're trained to be a critical thinker, to be able to look at the circumstances and the facts and be able to say and have a judgment call on yeah. it. And I think that's going to be a really critical yeah. part of education of how people look at this. Yeah. And not, not necessarily just to push back every time, but to think it through, to have a mindset to say, is that really true? Is that the right outcome? Is that what I'm trying to yeah. accomplish here? Right. And that could favor, I think, even older workers that, that sure. have a sense of saying, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, I know that's what the result was. I know that's what the research says, but there's no way that this is what is going right. to be the outcome. And and to have that that filter, I guess, maybe that's a, a skill set that will come through is, you know, writing good prompts, <laughs> you know, engaging with AI in a reasonable way will be a skill set in itself. But then also filtering what comes back. Um, that, that's part of the fear. I, I think with a lot of these, there was time in our specific industry with, you know, giving financial advice. Um, people were playing with this. What, what if I asked chat GPT, should I invest in a Roth? Should I right. put my money in a 401k? And there's some of that where it's coming out great. You know, it's, that's reasonable. There's other parts where it's coming out unreasonable or it's right. just coming out overly vague. And the, the hard part on that is, is being able to trust artificial intelligence. You know, if we get to a point where it's consistently good and we can trust it, I want to say that that's great. That's it's, it's a better development. There's another side where there always probably needs to be, I mean, I, I think in my mind, there always needs to be a human filter yeah. to say, hey, this is wrong or this is not. Well, I, I think, again, that's that's where I come back to the critical thinking. There's an article here uh, written by Sean Captain with Wall Street Journal, but it the, the title of the article is 25 Questions to Ask Yourself About AI. And if you'd like to have a free reprint of this, contact our office. Go to our website, go to the contact page, or give us a call at our office phone number, uh, 951-684-7011. We would be more than happy to send you out a free reprint of this article. If you have a, a subscription to Wall Street Journal, you could go and look it up probably and look at it. But this this gives you some basic questions to look at. Yeah, and things to consider yeah. for yourself to say, you know, how do I feel about this? What am I concerned here? Because right. AI right now, a lot of people, is this abstract idea. Right. But kind of drill down to say, what do I believe about it? And how is it going to impact me? And how do I choose to engage with it? Right. So anyway, this is information that we want you to become informed. We want you to make better decisions about your life and to get to a point in time where you're not fearful of AI, but you have a good knowledge base of it and you can answer for yourself how it's going to be utilized going forward. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.
Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.